0: Welcome to this podcast by the Royal College of Anesthetists. My name is Dr Sarah Muldoon. I'm a Consultant neuroanaesthetist at King's College Hospital in London and I'm a Royal College of Anesthetists Council Member representing anaesthetists in training. I'm joined today by Dr Samantha Moore, who is an anaesthetic ST3 trainee and is also the co-events lead for trainees with an interest in perioperative medicine or TRIPOM and she's kindly come along today to talk to me about her enthusiastic interest for perioperative medicine and TRIPOM. Welcome Sam.
1: Hi, thanks for having
0: me. Um, Sam, I wonder if you could tell me a bit more about what TRIPOM is and how you got involved with it.
1: So TRIPOM was set up in 2015 by Sam Bampo and John Whittle when they were perioperative fellows at UCL and it was really, um, an opportunity to create something for trainees by trainees um, surrounding the newly developing field of perioperative medicine. So what we try to do is to try and create educational resources linked to the, cu- the current curriculum for trainees, also signpost things like opportunities towards fellowships or other opportunities in perioperative medicine.
0: That sounds fantastic and what
1: was it about
0: perioperative operative medicine that you found so interesting as a trainee that you wanted to get involved with this organisation?
1: When I first started I was really interested in the exercise physiology, so that's what my kind of background is in. And as I've become more interested in it, actually, the shared decision making and the risk stratification has become the thing that I'm probably the most interested in. So using those kind of physiological variables to be able to provide patients with real meaningful risk stratification um, to help them make decisions about what they want to do.
0: And as trainees, we all have our own interests and things that we get excited about. Not every trainee loves um, perioperative medicine as much as you do, but what do you think any trainee can get out of developing some sort of interest or knowledge about perioperative medicine?
1: I think the most important thing is to see the patient as a whole human. So I think that we get very limited time with our patients. Often we only get ten, maybe 10 minutes before um, we actually anaesthetize them. And being able to see the patient as a whole human with important aspects of their life, not just their cardiovascular state, for example, but actually their psychological state is really important. So I think that's what I would take from perioperative medicine.
0: I think that's a really important sentiment, Sam. Um, I would agree with you totally. You mentioned that um, as part of what TRIPOM does, you try and align your output with the current training curriculum. Um, Now, you may be aware that actually this summer the curriculum is going to change the new 2021 curriculum and I wondered if you'd had a chance yet to have a look at that and particularly the high level learning outcome in perioperative medicine and health promotion do you think the new curriculum is going to be more supportive in helping trainees to develop their understanding and skills in this area
1: I think having it as a higher level outcome is is really important because actually it puts it to the forefront of what we're doing um, and it really sh- kind of spotlights perioperative medicine. I think that one of the things I was really interested to read in the new curriculum is the uh, promotion of the public health messages. Um, I think that's an interesting concept for us as an because again, we, we really don't spend much time with our patients awake sometimes. So being able to, to know how to do that, I think is going to be an interesting challenge for us.
0: Absolutely. Do you think that that is something that Tricom will start to explore?
1: I think it's something that we've not really looked at before, and but it's definitely something that we could develop an interest in. I think that finding a place for anesthetists within that, because we're not just for anesthetists. We're um, we have geriatricians, we have surgeons. So the whole point of us is not just to be anesthetic focused. It just so happens there's a lot of anesthetists on the committee, but we always welcome input from other specialties, and actually maybe they're better placed to be able to promote these kind of um, these health promotion messages.
0: How do um trainees from other specialties get involved in tripolm? Like what what have you found that they've brought to the table that's like a different perspective from what we as an do?
1: I think having both surgeons and uh, medics on board has been super important for us as a as a committee because from as a, from an anaesthetic perspective we're all very siloed we're all quite tribal in medicine aren't we um, and just being able to see things from a different perspective particularly from a surgical perspective I think we are a bit more au with things like frailty um, and kind of multimodal assessment as anaesthetists similar to how the geriatricians work but um, being able to see things from a surgical perspective in terms of what their main goals and focuses are is really important.
0: And I guess that kind of shows you you were talking about seeing the patient as a whole. It seems to me like working with other disciplines also helps you as an anaesthetist to feel part of a whole team and, you know, getting out of that sort of clinical silo that you mentioned. Yeah. OK, so if I was an anaesthetist in training who had heard you speak about TRIPOM and wanted to get more involved, how how could I do that? And what what does TRIPOM offer to me? Why should I sign up to your organisation?
1: So probably the first and most important thing to say is that it's free to join us so you can join on our website and um, there's a link that you can ju- just click on to join us and that subscribes you to our newsletter so you get um, usually sort of bi-monthly newsletter of all the kind of opportunities that are around at the moment. With Covid we've been a bit limited as to what we can do so pre-Covid our main focus was to organise educational roadshows so what we were doing with a grant from edwards life sciences was um linking with local teams throughout the country and arranging a whole day of free um perioperative medicine topics with local speakers who were passionate about different areas and so that was something that either trainees could come along to for free but also they could get involved with the organizing of so it gave them opportunity to do that if they wanted to Um, With COVID, we've had to scale that back a bit, unfortunately, Um, and we did some webinar series, so hopefully that's something that we'd like to run again. It was pretty well received. So again, if people wanted to get involved in helping to organise webinars, that's something that we can offer. So one of the other things that we do is we have quite a number of different writing opportunities. So we have a perioperative medicine tutorial of the month, which we're always looking for writers for. We also do a perioperative medicine in a nutshell, which is a shorter version or a shorter topic, just a kind of bite size of different perioperative medical top- topics that you can write and they get published in the British Journal of Hospital Medicine. We also do the, you might have seen the journal watch in the bulletin, that's us. Um, and again, we're looking, always looking for trainees to contribute to that. So if you're interested in writing, then you can get in touch with our education team via the website. That's fantastic.
0: And tell me a bit about how you went from being an ordinary member of TRIPOM to becoming Co-Events Lead.
1: So I saw the position advertised on Twitter. um, And in a previous life, I'd been a personal assistant and done quite a bit of events organisation. So I thought that might be quite an interesting thing to merge the two fields together. Um, And the nice thing about TRIPOM is that it's very collaborative. So although I'm Co-Events Lead, I actually get involved with a lot of other things. So part of the education um organizing the webinars and things like that we obviously link up with the education team to provide speakers and topics so gets you a whole range of things including speaking at anaesthesia this year which was nice
0: what did you speak about at anaesthesia
1: we talked about perioperative risk stratification and prehab particularly
0: You mentioned that obviously COVID had had an impact on how TRIPOM had to deliver your organisational events and it sounds like in many ways that could have been a positive thing because people all over the country would have been able to watch your webinars and more broadly um, how do you think COVID and management of the pandemic has affected the delivery of perioperative medicine? and do you actually think there's any positive opportunities that could come out of it both for patients and for clinicians who are interested in this field?
1: I think that I mean there's obviously been a huge amount of challenges with Covid but one of the most important things that's come out is the kind of development of telemedicine I suppose um which has pros and cons so one of the difficulties for us is that we've not been able to do face to face teaching, but we've been able to do webinars and actually now we've got an international audience as well. So that's been great to be able to reach more people. I think in terms of providing um, either pre-assessment or pre- our prehab, for example, there's obviously been challenges. So I think a good example of that is the WESFIT programme that was running. So the study that was running was doing face to face Prehab sessions with patients in local gyms, which all had to stop during COVID. And they managed to completely overhaul their whole study protocol incredibly and um, provide web-based, so at-home exercise programs for patients that were facilitated via the internet. And that's something that I think the NHS has always thought about, but has never been forced into doing before. And COVID's kind of forced us into the 21st century um, a little bit. And it means that things like patients having to come for repeated appointments, maybe actually we can do those via Skype. There are things that are not ideal to not do face to face, if that makes sense. Um, But actually it allows patients a bit more freedom and a bit more autonomy to choose. Do I want to come to the hospital or actually can I do this Uh, over a video call, for example?
0: That's really interesting, Sam. And actually, we talked at the start about how we tend to operate in clinical silos, thinking about our own specialty. And I think sometimes we do get obsessed with the silo of the hospital and trying to deliver all our care there. And actually, I guess for many patients, perhaps not all, there is some comfort and convenience to being able to engage in the preoperative process um, from their own homes. Sam, thanks so much for coming along to tell me a bit about TRIPOM and your clear enthusiasm for perioperative medicine. Um, Would you like to finish off by telling me the web address so that I can go and check you guys out later and direct all the trainees I work with to your website?
1: Yeah, so you can find us on the internet. So our website is uh, tripom.org and we're on Twitter at TRIPOMUK. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to this RCOA podcast. Make sure you don't miss out on the latest episodes by clicking subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you give us a review. It helps others find our podcast. And finally, if you would like to access more podcasts as well as videos, e-learning, webinars, and our program of events and courses, you can find them all online at rcoa.ac.uk forward slash education. We hope to see you again soon. Please note, all views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and not those of the Royal College of anesthetists